Oh, hello, and welcome to Deeper Than Friends, a soul connection podcast. My name is Ashlyn Vanover. I am your host, and today I just want to talk about trauma within relationships. Oh gosh, this one's a doozy because, you know, I've had a lot on my mind recently because I've just gotten into kind of like a brand new situationship, relationship type of thing going on. Um, We've already decided that we're exclusive, but I feel like a lot of my trauma just keeps coming up. And you know, some of you who are spiritual may think, well, shit, this could be like a a karmic relationship situation, like a soulmate or a twin flame. And maybe I'm kind of on the same path here with you, um, but I am not sure because it's so fresh. I don't know which one exactly it is. Um, I just know that I really like him a lot and he's bringing out a lot in me and really helping me work through this trauma that I've held on to and that's kept me from dating. So let's get into that just a little bit. My dating life has practically been non-existent and family, I'm so sorry if you're hearing this. I've been with quite a few guys and it just hasn't worked out and that's why you haven't really met anybody except for that one guy I brought to the lake house with an ankle monitor. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, But I've been in three relationships and none of those relationships lasted longer than three months. And I was the one who always ended it. Well, the one, the one we, he kind of broke up with me because he couldn't trust me and I couldn't be in a relationship where I wasn't trusted. Different story for a different time. Um, and you know, that was in high school too. So do we even consider that? I'm 22 years old. Am I still like, am I still keeping track of my high school relationships into my adult life? Like, does it start over once you graduate high school? Tell me, I don't know. Um, but so three total in my life. And to be quite frank, I just never see a future with those guys. I, I don't, I don't think that I get bored necessarily it's just the fact that like their morals or their values in life don't align with mine and I'm not about to conform to a man never ever will I do that you know like if we're going in the same direction we just happen to like have the same morals and values and like dreams in life hell yeah let's do them together and you know that's kind of what I'm I'm getting from this new relationship I'm in right now. I went to the Dominican Republic with him the week after I met him and we spent a whole week together and now a week from today I am going to Europe with him and I'm very excited. Um, He's currently in Europe and you know if if you know anything about the freaking time change between the United States where I am in Colorado versus where he is in literally Paris, France, it is bizarre, okay? Like, we only have a very small window to talk in the morning and in the evening, depending on how late he stays up and vice versa. And communication has just never really been my strong suit. I am so stubborn and I feel like whatever I 
say or express body language wise or like I just kind of expect people to know how to behave around me and that's absolutely not okay um I've learned because people don't understand you have to teach them as to what your boundaries are who you are like what you expect out of the relationship and it's just it's really hurting my feelings but like building me up and making me want to be closer with him you know like I've never felt this way honestly and I just I feel like it's such a mature relationship that we're getting into and by mature I just mean like whenever we have a problem we just discuss it and figure out a solution and if there's not a solution maybe a compromise or just like a better understanding of each other and I love that and I wish that for absolutely everyone um he's already picked up on me getting hangry okay like I am a monster I (laughs) and honestly unless you like really got to know me you probably wouldn't know that but I keep snacks in my purse I freaking live in my car okay like I have my full kitchen at all times if I'm hungry I just fucking grab something but on the matter of him understanding my hangriness I get really silent (laughs) like you know I'm I'm still trying to listen but I'm like angry that they're talking and like that I don't have food in my mouth and that I just like am only thinking about food and can't think about what they're saying and process what they're saying and be like an active listener because like I definitely feel like people deserve my active listening skills especially if they feel you know comfortable enough telling me about specific things or like saying something that they're passionate about like I want to listen but my fucking god I can't because my stomach is telling my brain that you are mad and that you need food right this instant not an hour from now not sit down at a restaurant like no bitch you need something right now and honestly fruit only ties me over for maybe five to ten minutes it's not that long because if you know anything about fruit it's like a fast carbohydrate and those sugars like process through your body really fast that's why you should be eating bananas or like some fruit before your workout during too honestly if you have a home gym like that's great snack a little bit um But he picked up on my hangriness and would actually just, like, feed me. A couple of times I even caught myself, like, getting angry, but he was already, like, planning a direction for food. And I love that. Oh, my God. Nothing makes me feel more taken care of than a guy who understands my triggers. And he's just great. Honestly, he's great and he's really trying and we're really figuring it out and I'm so excited to spend time with him in Europe. But my God, like I feel like so much has been triggered. My life has changed so much just in these few weeks that we've known each other and I don't, I don't ever think I was ready to open up with this trauma What's like been holding me back from even getting close with somebody and I just want to with him it's so weird it's y'all y'all probably understand what I'm talking about but dude I've never been in love that's one thing you should know about me is I've never been in love and you know I've had crushes I've had all of these people 
you know, that I'm interested in. But I've never been so obsessed with somebody that, like, I want to be independent with them. (laughs) And I value my independence so hard, dude. I moved out of my house, my high school house, at 17. I graduated at 17 and moved down to the Lake of the Ozarks. And if you know anything about that place in Missouri, it is a party central on freaking boats, okay? Freaking boats with all of these people. And it's so fun. But I moved out at 17, went down there to work, and I just got a fresh taste of like being free and living my own life and not having to worry about anyone else. And honestly, I am where I am today because of my independence, you know? Like, I just, I never understand why people are so dependent on other people until I met him. It's crazy. Yeah, because we could just spend all day together and I'm still just feeling like I had some downtime and I had time to relax and just be my independent self and just, you know, flourish with him. It's so weird. It's crazy. And y'all, I wouldn't post this if he didn't give me permission to talk about whatever. (laughs) I am not the type of person. Um, but let's go back to trauma just a little bit. So I didn't have an amazing upbringing. I would say half of my situation was pretty terrible as it got off into high school. And then the other half was not the greatest up until high school. So my parents were never together. Keep that in mind. My parents were never together. I was definitely just a hookup situation. Um, my grandparents didn't even know that I was born until a week after because my dad didn't believe that I was his. Um, and I don't blame him on that one. You know, like Crystal is what she is. I am currently in no contact with my biological mother She destroyed my high school experience and the relationship that we had had throughout my childhood. Um, So that was the first part of my life, like before high school. I spent full time with her and my grandma and my brother. And we all lived in like a hoarding situation. Okay, Grams, I love you, but you've got a problem. She knows she's got a problem. And I was the only one who would clean. Like, growing up, I would spend my entire weekend just deep cleaning the house because at one point there was only, like, an aisle to walk through in each room. And after a couple of weeks, like, it'd be back to the same thing. But, um, but I kept trying. And, you know, my grandma had good friends growing up. And they would come over and try to help her clean and get organized. And it just become a mess again. She had breast cancer and a lot of health issues after the fact that kept her pretty, like, bedridden for a while. And so that didn't help. And Crystal claimed that if she was the only one working, then she didn't have to cook for us kids. She didn't have to clean. That wasn't her job. Her job was to bring home the money. And so... I had to pick up the slack because my brother was addicted to video games and he was the baby so he didn't ever have to do anything and all of the responsibilities of 
you know, the farm animals and the house animals. Dude, we had like 13 cats inside at one time, five dogs all at the same time. Inside, the pair of St. Bernard's had three litters of puppies. And we, I don't know, most of most of the chores fell on me and Crystal because my grandma couldn't do them. Or Tracy, my grandma's friend, Tracy, bless your heart. If you listen to this, we love you. Like you've been an absolutely amazing part of my grandma's life. Please never leave her. But so these litters of puppies, like I'd have to take care of them after school and do all of this stuff and bathe them. Like my childhood was not okay. That is not a way to live outside of school. I smelled like cigarette smoke in elementary and middle school because they all smoked inside. Crystal and my grandma both smoked inside and I couldn't get them to stop. I was actually bullied in middle school because this girl who had a locker next to mine was just like beyond rude to me every single day. And I was trying to just kill her with kindness. Like I never disrespected anybody in elementary or middle school. And I was just always the really shy, quiet, like kind person. And she was so cruel to me. Her name was Victoria. And my God, dude, if you listen to this, I hope, I hope everything's cool now. But fuck, she bullied me so hard. And it was because my locker of cigarette smoke and animals made her locker smell of cigarette smoke and animals. And I didn't even know that until one day I worked up the courage to ask her, why do you hate me so much? And she said, because you make everything in my locker smell. And we have to wash it every single day when I get home because it smells so bad. And, you know, she wasn't a cool kid. She wasn't a whatever. She was like a bookworm. She kept her head down. She wasn't like a social person at all. Like this bullyingness didn't come from, you know, outside influences. It came from her just truthfully being upset with the way I smelled. And honestly, that (laughs) scarred me for life. I am still anal about all smells because as soon as I could escape that house where Crystal kept me, I washed everything. I got rid of some things because I couldn't get the smell out. I just wore the same three outfits to high school my freshman year because that's all I had that didn't just reek. And I hope no one ever goes through that. And if you are a parent, if you're treating your kids as such, what the hell is wrong with you? Do you see how your actions like directly affect them in their day-to-day life? Like you could be super loving and caring at home, whatever, or bipolar is what I got. Oh, fuck. Like bipolar disorder, thyroid disease. This bitch, she was just like so aggressive but then so lovey a different day and it was so terrible dude so when I finally got out my dad built a house in 2014 which was my freshman year of high school and you know he'd been kind of in my life here and there especially around holidays like I'd see him and I spent you know like a couple of weeks out at their house in Missouri 
in the summer times when I didn't have school. But he didn't care to go to custody battle. Like, he was on the road most of the time, and it was just him and my stepmom for a while. But then, I think in 2010, that's when Eden was born, my little sister. And then the twins were born two later, two years after that, in 2012. And Jill was so overwhelmed, she just needed help. And so they decided to move back um, to Nebraska, where the rest of the family is, and build their house. And this was a great opportunity for me to get to know my sisters, like get a closer bond with them you know like I loved my stepmom I wanted to be near her too maybe see my dad but honestly he was on the road so much even after he built his house in 2014 but so when they built the house I was kind of going back and forth here and there and it was probably sophomore year that I decided I want to live there full time because I just it just was working so much better for me there like, the smell stuff, my relationship with my sisters, like, I could babysit them, and I could see the rest of my other family more, because they all live in this tiny-ass village of 260 people. It's crazy. It's crazy, dude. They all live in the same town, and I wanted to get closer to them. That was the whole idea of me moving in with my dad. And I think I succeeded, especially with my grandparents. I love them to death. They are so supportive of me. And, you know, it went along like that for probably almost a year. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if my dad got served with, like, custody papers or what it was, but... Crystal, my biological mother, decided to take my dad to court for custody of me. And the whole process was so terrible. I never once sat in front of a judge. I only ever, like, talked to my dad's lawyer about how I was feeling. And I never once sat in front of a judge telling him what I wanted to do. Apparently in Nebraska, if you, as a mother request custody and you have enough baggage on the dad that you just get full custody no matter what it's not in the kid's best interest it's just your best interest apparently fuck you nebraska court systems i literally hate you and the lawyers did all that they could and i just don't i don't know what baggage she had on my dad but it got to the point where while they were in the custody battle i had to stay with her full time and i only got like every other weekend or something with my dad. And when I tell you that was fucking miserable, it was like punishment. It felt like I went to jail. She kept me inside her two-bedroom um, apartment with my brother, her, and two dogs. And I had to sleep in her bed because she didn't have a bed for me and she slept out on the futon in the living room. And... She still had that same stupid mindset of, oh, I'm making the money. You can pull everything else in the house. So my brother and I would have to share doing dishes, share doing the dinner stuff. Like it felt like I just fallen back into my terrible past. And I was in the worst mindset of my entire life there. She wouldn't let me sit on the porch. She thought I was going to run away. When I finally did escape and I called 911 and I'm like, she's not letting me outside. The police brought me back to her fucking house. 
Once she threatened to fucking cut my phone out of my leggings. She took my phone. After school, every single day, I didn't have any contact with my other family. I didn't have any contact with my friends. This was sophomore year all the way up until senior year of high school. And it made me hate her. Oh my god, it was so bad. And... All of that hate inside of me pulled out into my other relationships. Like, I started being kind of rebellious, but, you know, still smart in school. Enough, like, slide to get away with things. And I started, you know, like, lashing out at my stepmom and just not talking to people that I should have been talking to about it. And... You know, it's really terrible that that happened. Um, And she's just so terrible. And that's why I'm at no contact. Because she's still directly affecting the people I love. Like my grandma and my brother. She still treats them in the exact same way. And she just isn't working on herself. She isn't doing better. And that kind of energy holds no place in my life. So if you listen to my other podcast and you hear me talking about how you should just cut people out when you can, it's stemming from this trauma that I have. And truthfully, I think it's the healthiest way. If someone isn't doing better for themselves and it's negatively affecting you, you need to leave. You absolutely need to leave. It's the same in romantic relationships too. I don't care how much love is there. If they are not showing you respect, that they don't love you, okay? Like, the way that they show love is not okay. And for some reason, they think it is. And they think that they're just right. And it's it's not something that I'm open to receive. I do not want to receive that type of love that she is capable of giving. And I realized that in high school as, you know, 15, 16 year old, and it was a lot to take in. I made some mistakes and You know, it shaped me to be the person I am today. And I just feel so much empathy for everyone all the time. Because you truthfully never know what anyone is going through until you get to know them and they open up about all of their problems. And that trauma just follows everyone around. And hopefully, you know, they, like me... It comes up in this relationship that I'm getting into and like especially my friendship relationships and I'm working on my relationship with my dad and like the rest of my family. I'm just no contact with Crystal but when people start lashing out or they they pull away from like a specific behavior someone's doing or a specific person maybe they they think they're getting too close and they're scared of getting hurt you know become emotionally aware of that for yourself because once you start communicating how you're feeling 
the other person is going to understand like, oh shit, I didn't know this was affecting you in this way. Is there something we can do to ease this, to like work through it so that you're not feeling this way? Because that's not my intention. That's not how I want you to feel. I just didn't know. So with those triggers, communicate. If you care about the person, if you care about yourself, start communicating to the people around you. Just let it out, not in a sense of just bitching and being like negative all the time, but let it out. Let them get an understanding of what you went through and how you're working on it and what they can do to ease some of that while y'all are together and so that everybody involved can just have a good time but sheesh there's more to that story too I could probably go on for hours telling you about my childhood trauma but that was just the first half of high school my senior year I finally just gave in and stayed with my dad full-time she threatened to call the cops they couldn't do anything because it was in a different county and I just stayed there and I'm so thankful that my dad and stepmom were just supportive through the whole thing and my relationship with them totally blossomed after that. My dad and I are still working on it. We're just really both stubborn. That's all it is. Um, love him to death. But it is what it is and if I could go back and change some things, I probably would. But am I upset with who I am today? No, I'm not. If anything, like, I'm stronger for it. And I'm not saying traumatize your fucking kids. Like, shit, don't do that. Don't fucking do that to people. Oh my god, especially impressionable minds. Let people just exist and be loved and feel free and worthy. Don't lock them up and send them to jail. Because that shit will change somebody. On to a more positive note. <laughs> oh, God. I straight up cried with you guys. I don't know if I'm going to release this. I probably will. I have some courage. But... I thank you for listening, and if any of this resonates with you, I am so sorry you went through that. You know, everyone goes through their battles. We can't really compare. Like, mine isn't worse than yours. Yours isn't worse than mine. It's just what we fucking go through. It's how you make it in your future that matters. Like, figure it out. Be the best person you can be, the best version, and stop that generational trauma. Do not pass it on. Oh my gosh. Just don't. Let's work through it. I'll help you work through it. You know, it's a lot of inner work that I've done. I picked up journaling about two years ago. That has totally helped me. Um, I talk about it with my friends. You know, like we have a couple glasses of wine and we just talk about life and we let it out and getting it out and off our consciousness total like 100% helps I swear to god and don't use it as like oh my life was so terrible just be like this is what I went through 
and use it as kind of like a story time. Even like laugh in some parts because, well, you made it. <laughs> you fucking survived that shit. And here you are just existing and blossoming into this amazing human. And you encounter so many other people who have also been through different battles. And like you go through a different battle every single day. Just pick your path. Figure it out. Choose your weapon. <laughs> Mine is journaling. I love journaling. 10 out of 10 recommend. Talking with friends helps, yes. I don't really suggest talking about it with the person who hurt you. Because at that point, it just ends up being a blame match. And I don't think that that's at all helpful. I don't think that works at all. You know, we sat down, Crystal, my dad, Jill, and I sat down all at once a couple of times. And truthfully, it did not go well. You know, like if anything, more feelings were hurt. And so I don't recommend talking to them about it. I don't recommend making a list of things that they've done to you so that you can release it. I think that you just need to write the list, go out, meditate journal about it, and fucking burn that shit. Burn it. And store it away somewhere that's in a cabinet in your brain of, like, irrelevant, miscellaneous, you know? Like, not something that you bring in your day-to-day -day file. No. Forget about it. Move on. Life continues on. And if you hold on to shit like that... You're just kind of like fueling it into your day-to-day -day and you're seeing it everywhere. Don't surround yourself with negative energy like that. Be super hopeful. It will end. If you're a high schooler and you're going through some of this, dude, I feel you. And I am so terribly sorry that you are going through that. If there is anything I can do to help you chit-chat, message me, do something. You can find me on socials. My name is Ashlyn Vanover. Please do not hesitate to reach out. I have never personally been suicidal because I hate pain. I just, I hate it. You know, I have a couple of tattoos and that's as far as it goes. Like, getting a shot is even hard for me. So, like, cutting myself or harming myself wasn't really an option I just mentally broke down and <laughs> it's all terrible. It's all terrible. But if you need help, do not hesitate to reach out to a suicide helpline or hell, even go to like, go to a group at your school, maybe listen to others stories, create a group if there isn't one, you know, like have an excuse for something to do school-wise that gets you out of the situation you're in. Because they can't say no to a school event. Like, that's something that, honestly, like, your teachers are involved in. And, like, if your parent starts reacting to that, the teachers start noticing. And then it's a bigger deal for the parent. So, find something, find an outlet at school that helps you through it. Mine was cheerleading. I was involved in practically every group that I could be. We didn't have very many at my small school. 
but I was involved in everything. I was on student council. I, you know, ran for FBLA. I was just at every single sporting event. And that kept me sane. It really did. And sometimes she wouldn't let me go to those. Um, But with cheerleading, that was kind of the excuse. I would just, I would just get punished when I got home. It was worth it to me to go out and just get bashed on when I get home. Because having those good moments gave me hope. Give me a light at the end of the tunnel, if you feel. So, yep, you are not alone. I'm not alone in this situation. I know there's so many other people who probably have it worse than I did. Fuck. That's shitty. That's so shitty. I just don't know how you could treat another human being like that. Especially someone you claim to love. It's bizarre. And all of this shit is coming up in my relationship currently. Um, And I... I'm so grateful that he is just willing to receive all of this information. I feel so open to communicate with him. I don't feel like he's going to get angry anymore. At first, like when I was starting to like feel some tension, some anxiety around these things that were popping up, I hesitated to talk to him about it. And I actually talked with my best friend, Audrey and my cousin. And I'm like, this is really bothering me. I don't know what to do, but he's in a different state right now. And I don't want to like ruin his time. And I finally just got the balls to send something. And he was like, I just want you to know, you can always tell me things. I want to know everything and anything under the sun that's bothering you. I never want you to feel this way. That's so great. (laughs) And I hope you eventually find a relationship like that because I feel like some inner work is getting healed right now. And my childhood self is just screaming at me. She's so excited. I live in a goddamn camper on the back of my truck and I am in Colorado just hiking and biking every day with my dog. And I have a really healthy lifestyle. I'm eating properly. I'm going to the gym. I have this amazing relationship going on. I'm traveling. I'm seeing the fucking world. I'm communicating with my family like as best as I can. I know I still need to work on some things. But like I'm still communicating and loving them. And... Things couldn't be, things can be better. Things will be better than this. This is not my peak of life. But this is the expectation I hold from now on. And this inner work is just going to keep happening. Things will come up and I will be triggered. It's just how I handle it that matters and how I communicate with people that I care about and that I don't want to just push away from. And I hope you do too. I hope you feel safe enough to communicate with the people you love and help them see you in a better light and help you through it even if they care about you. I'm going to end it on that because that's enough fucking shit for today. And I love you guys so much. I'm sending you all of the good vibes in the world. Go out, pick some flowers, do your thing, have a morning coffee, have a 
minute to yourself today and reflect. Reflect on everything that's caused you trauma and have a better understanding of how you can combat that in your day-to-day life. Journal about it. I love you. I'll talk to you later.